I do, Father, Lord, thank you for, you know, bringing us here, Father God. You're just so awesome. And Lord God, we thank you for the fellowship. Thank you for just the opportunities you provide us just to learn this week and just to hear the future of our country, to hear the direction that we're going with this health message. Father, I ask that you would uh, continue to bless every ministry that's represented here, each ministry that's represented in this room, Father. I ask that you would touch, trim, prick, get them ready for what you have in store for them to do, Father. Because your plans are bigger than, than we can even understand. But Father, we're here for a reason, to be an evidence and a witness to each other that we are willing, Father. We're willing to be used by thee. So Father, you have our permission. Send us to Nineveh. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you guys ready to have some fun today? Yes. All right, I guess I might need to stand up because of the <clears throat> camera. So, um, everybody's having fun? Learning some good stuff? Okay. Now, don't forget, we're going to do at 1230, okay, some fun stuff. Okay, make sure you bring your workout clothes. All right? All right. All right. All right, what we're going to cover today is um, kind of my baby. And we have two versions of it, but Action 65 is a 65-day lifestyle challenge, which is a very unique way. And this is um, what I have found or what the Lord has given me that could be a, a, a puzzle, a piece of puzzle to go into this big scheme of things. So at the end, you tell me what you think. Clicker. There's an on and off switch. Wow. Sorry, technology. I apologize. Here we go, Action 65. Uh, Facebook, um, Action 65, or you can find me at Cassio Jones. You go to the website, action65.com. You can email me from there. You can find any information about me on there. And also, let me give you another address, CassioJones.com. And either one of those, you can put Cassio at Action 65 or Cassio at CassioJones.com to email me. And I, I do my best to return emails. So if you have questions, anything, you want to talk about something, let's, let's, let's communicate. All right. Okay. Here's something I always like to, when I work with kids, when I work with young adults, I like them to think, right? Because you start thinking, you start getting your mind tuned, and you could, be, you could have the opportunity to make better choices. So there was this block of, of ice, and they was, they was doing this, this uh, scientist was doing this crazy trip, and they were in Antarctic, and they discovered this man frozen in a block of ice. And one guy said, oh my, do you know who this is? No, who is this? It's Adam. So, how do you know they found Adam? Come on, think. How do you know it was him? No belly button. That's true. <laughs> exactly. He doesn't have a belly button. <laughs> That's very true. And um, so the, the thing is, when, when we work with young adults, getting them to think and getting them to think out of the box can help them to clear their mind to understand what's really going on in front of them and what's really, you know, to think if this is something that is true, or this is something I should do, okay? But when you allow a young individual to be just going through the system and following things without them having an the opportunity to think, to make choices, because remember, lifestyle choices is the, is the key, people. Choices. God loves us so much that he gave us choices. You know, sometimes you have to wonder, like, why would he do that? Because he loves us. And love is so powerful, he wants us to choose to love him back. All right. Like I said, 70 to 80% of all chronic diseases are due to lifestyle choices. And unfortunately, some of those choices are not made for us. I've seen driving down a road, and it always cringes me to see a lady smoking and then the back of her car is a little kid. I just want to pull over and jack her up and says, what are you doing? The kid doesn't have a chance. He's strapped in. He can't even get to the windows. But yet, the mom's being courteous and have a little crack into the window, just so it doesn't affect her. 
you know, there was another photo I've seen. This lady was complaining about the jackhammers going outside of her her um, her front house, and she was complaining that all the noise was affecting her baby. She had this picture of her stomach, but also you saw in the picture she's holding a cigarette. You see, some of the choices can be the environments we live in. Like we, the only house we could afford was near this type of environment. You know, unfortunately, because of choices of other people, we could be affected. So at times, choice is not necessary that we really want to do, but certain situations where that's all we have. And so what we need to do our best to try and create the other aspects of our life we do have control over that we can do to do our best to make healthier choices. Does that make sense? You with me? Okay. All right. <clears throat> your hereditary is like a loaded gun, but it's your lifestyle that pulls the trigger. So many times you hear people say, it's the genes. It's my genes. My father died of, of heart disease at age 40. I'm going to get heart to die from heart disease at age 40. I like to say, hey, there's a possibility, but let's think about this. You also learn how to eat like your father. You also learn how to sit on the couch and drink beer like your father and not move around. There's a lot more associated with tradition and things that are passed down, the way we cook, the way we live, the way we sleep, the way we talk, genetics genes has a percent, but not as a huge percent as your lifestyle. Okay? All right, look at these, look at the colors of the map here. Does this have a, ma'am? Last night I noticed the words faulty, faulty lifestyle. I'd always heard lifestyle loads the gun, but faulty lifestyle loads the gun. And I mean, faulty genes, faulty hereditary. Faulty genes. Faulty habits, but faulty. Was it faulty genes? But I'd never heard the word faulty put in there. Faulty genes loads the gun. And lifestyle. So faulty, they're saying faulty genes. Yeah, the word faulty. Well, but you're talking about g genetics that are not. It goes both ways. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Right. Well, I mean, you you have you have you have genetic genes that are there's flaws because of sin. We're not there's, there's imperfection. And you don't know that imperfection is going to pass down, and one family has these issues, another family has these issues. But, and of course, the lifestyle is the ultimate catalyst. Okay? But even still, well, that's, that's the same thing as saying faulty genes is genes. It's still genes. And it's, it's just that, you know. But even still, you can have a perfectly gene, and you have a crazy, whacked out lifestyle, you're going to have problems. You know? Because you could. Push the limit what your body can handle. You know, there's this lady who I heard, um, she was on Dr. Oz trying to be the largest woman in the world. She's at 700 pounds now. She's trying to get to 900 something pounds. Mm. Yeah, I think there's some genetic flaws upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, okay. We're talking about obesity in the United States. Just watch the color change, okay? This is 91. 95, 97, 2001, 2004, 2006, and they say by 2050, 75% United States will be obese. That's saying 60% of males will be obese, 50% of women will be obese, and 25% of children will be obese, if nothing is done. And that's why you see such a urgency. No, you see the South, yeah. You see Mississippi and Alabama and, and West Virginia, brothers and sisters, we're dealing with a, I mean, in Mississippi, you go to places, you get fried Oreos. You could go to, you could go to fair and you get fried pickles. You get fried Twinkies. Fried food is like, it's like water. But that is tradition. And tradition has been twined with so much with culture that it's, it's, it's sad. 
And so why it's so hard as health ministers to go in our communities, we have to not just fight with flavor or flight to get them to be educated, but we're, they're being programmed to eat this way from infants. So the, all the chemical addiction that their, their, their body is going through, they're addicted to it. So it's a battle. That's why there's only one solution for change, and that is Jesus. It is no thing that is possible to come. I mean, we hear people say who are able to, you know, put down pornography, be able to put down being angry and fighting with their brothers and sisters. They're able to, that's only Jesus that can do that. When he's in the right place in your heart, you see things differently and your behavior change. So if you're only going to go after behavior modification, that only lasts for a period of time until they feel motivated or non-motivated to do it anymore. And guess what? They revert back to old habits. That's human who we are. You know, and uh, we have to be very cautious and identify when we work with somebody to understand that some people could go from this lifestyle to that lifestyle on a drop of a dime because there's some type of fear factor or something, or, but majority of people needs this process, okay? And we gotta be careful, some of the programs we use are, are they're, they're scientifically founded and they're great, but- How long would it take for a behavior to be modified? That varies from individuals. That very, I mean, people, you hear the statistic, it takes 21 days to form a habit, but that's, it varies. Because you have degrees of, 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 how long did it take you to get it right being a Christian? When you first heard Christ's name, how long did it take you to finally surrender? It, it, it changed from individual to individual. See, we gotta look at being a healthy lifestyle and having a Christian lifestyle the same. You can't do it for somebody else. And you can only get it when you really decide to do it. But there's this, like double dots. That was a joke, okay. But it's like this in and out, in and out. We get in for a little bit, something happens, we pop out. Think about it, was that some of your life? That was my lifestyle. Justified so many different things. So to get somebody from here to here takes a lot of patience, a lot of love, and giving them that freedom. And the number one thing, forgiveness. You have to help them to forgive themselves. So it helps them to focus on keep moving forward. Because we can't do nothing about yesterday. To tomorrow's unknown, all we can do right now is praise the Lord. And if you could give that to them, realize that, you know, the Bible tells us that a righteous man is when it gets back up. So you messed up. You think, you, but what did you learn from that? Did you realize that you were in a situation you should not have turned to Mickey D's? That maybe you could have brought something else for lunch? There's so many different ways that we need to encourage them as health leaders to encourage people to keep and have victories. When they have victories, guess what, people? They want more victories. The world is number bombarding them with negative connotations, negative views about themselves, and they try and they, they fail. So they just give up, put their hands in the air. And that happens with the Christian walk as well with people. They try and guess what, they slip up, and then the guilt keeps them so down, Satan tells them, see, you don't deserve da-da-da-da-da, and they revert back to the old ways. But God tells us he loves us so much that he forgives us. Even when we stumble and fall, he's right there, and he's carrying us. The same applies with the health message. As you work with people, you have to be there and encourage them along the way. Now, Vin, what are you going to say? Uh, someone made my roommate who commented that she was surprised that the food demo last night, the demonstrator used some oil. And I said, well, many people are not ready to just cut off all use of oil. Right. Because that's quite extreme to them. Right. So it's more of a transitional right. approach. Right, and that's a perfect example, a very well example, because we have to be realistic what people, because it's not lifestyle changes, it's not, it's, you, you almost like you approach it like the concept of a diet. You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't. Lifestyle is, hey, from now until you go on the ground. And it, for some, it's a process. That process can accelerate going to the ground fast, unfortunately, but it's our goal to keep them above ground, being active and healthy, but it's a process. 
And you know, when you realize that every step I can learn and make better choices and better choices, that is the key. Yes, ma'am. Right. Yeah, it's um, unfortunately you're gonna have some people. When it comes, here's the thing, people. What I've learned, right, I'm mean, years of being a personal trainer. It's the word personal. You have to be personal and understand that you're dealing with humans, which requires love. Okay, and not see people the way you see yourself or the, the, the things you do, the way you live, that they need to be zits like you. Because that's like a trainer who works out aggressively and says, I'm going to train you like I work out. You're not capable. You're not, you're not there yet. And you might even want that. But for me to effectively work with you, I need to train you. Use my education, my background knowledge to help you get with the goals you need. And at times, that's what's so difficult about people who work with other people. They got to interact with them at their level so they can make the changes. Yes? Just like a teacher, uh, before he embarks his lesson, he has a lesson plan. Uh, what strategy do you have for behavior modification? Are there some strategies to follow or are there some steps? Um, you know, there, there, there's principles and steps for, for when you write curriculum, when you're dealing with. Um, me personally, how I work with individuals, I set goals with them. And we sit down together and we try to work on goals that are realistically, that they're capable to achieve. And, um, and when we talk later on today about creating this mind, body, I call it a mind, body, social, and spiritual balance. We help the individuals define these ways that where they are to help them to make those changes. Because that behavior modification varies from individual to individual. But the process of helping that and coaching and mentoring that person can be consistent. But how and what they need to achieve can always, will always be different. Because some people require information from a childhood, and nobody clue, is clueless about that. OK? Let's just pop along with this. Somehow we got Oh, you, you mean like one of the basic training type concept type of thing? You know, there 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 is there there is some truth to that, where you take somebody out of their element, strip them down, and reprogram and send them out the way. You know, that would be such a delight. But the problem is, if that's not what they really want, it's not going to really effectively last. It has an effect unless you're in that stimulant environment. Example: You would take somebody who has been to basic training, military basic training, and they're taught how to fold the clothes and everything all nice and neat. But guess what? You don't keep them on that structure, they revert back to the old ways. And that's just human nature. You know, unless there's a desire to maintain it, then they can't. But even still, you still have to have that enough of that reminder around you, the stimulus around you. This, there was an example I mentioned in my book was this um, obesity clinic in upstate New York. Famous for dealing with people over 300-something pounds, 400 pounds individual. And I was watching this video, and all of the people in the round table, the psychotherapists, the trainers, all the stuff, they were doing a, a, a you know, what we're going to do for this individual, what strategy we're going to work with this individual. And um, what they came up with was to do this, to do this, to this. And I noticed one thing they didn't say, of course, it was Jesus. However, the studies from, they were saying, well, you hear the next person, well, she's back for the second time. Because when they get out into the world, their own environment, they really haven't fully has digest. They might have data and information, but the behavior change really hasn't hit home. So they revert back to their own ways because there's nobody else to stimulate them to make right choices or to limit their choices to choose from. The concept is the same when you give somebody Jesus someone who used to be a drug addict, okay? You allow that person to go through what a program you take them through or you give them some medication and so forth, 
but there's not a change, a truly change of how they see themselves, see the value of themselves. You put them around another drug addict, they're going to revert back. Whereas you form a drug addict, you change their heart. They change the value, and that's only Christ can do that. And it changes desires. Then, if the Lord calls them to go back and minister to his former buddies, he's stronger. He's not the same person. When Christ tells us we're made new, we're made new. And so that is really the secret to behavior modification. It's just how is that delivered to each individual varies. And as health leaders, it's our responsibility to learn to connect with individuals, stay connected with Christ, and let the Holy Spirit work through us. And he would tell us how to say, what to say, what the person needs, what the person doesn't need, so you can help that person make the change. Because that's what you're there for. God puts you in that person's life for a reason. It's not just to take up oxygen space with each other. It's to be there to be that light to help guide them to Christ. Or that person's there to strengthen you. Because every time you talk about what Christ has done in your life, it strengthens us both. All right. So we know there's an epidemic in the United States. Obesity is just rampant. So we're doing something about it. And you heard the Surgeon General yesterday talking about, we understand, the country understands there's a need. And it's not just in our country, it's around the world. Fast food joints are everywhere. You cannot, let me tell you something, the sun does not set on Coca-Cola or McDonald's, okay? That slogan was only used to be given to like the, the British Army way back. The sun doesn't set on the, on the British flag because it was, it was the dominant power of its time. But fast foods, junk food, a destructive lifestyle doesn't set. It's everywhere. And you see obesity coming out of all countries who, I mean, but yet to one extreme, we still have famine, and which is... It's kind of odd because, but what it really says, you see how Satan really is working. It's amazing because on one of the studies that has come um, recently, it says that in 2015, there would be more and more people suffering from malnutrition because of overnutrition throughout the world than people suffering from malnutrition because of undernutrition. Yes. 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 Projected. Yeah. Because of the junk. My wife is a, is a registered nurse, and she's 51 years old and moves 400 pound patients around all the time. Wow. She just had to have back surgery two weeks ago um, because of the injuries that she got moving 500, 400, 500 pound patients around. She can't do it anymore. And that tends to be our standard today. We don't know where military is coming from. We don't know where law enforcement is coming from. We don't know where fire department is coming from because people are so heavy. Yeah. They can't have those jobs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's, but what is the solution? What can we help them with? Disease is an effort of nature to free the system from condition that results from violation of the laws of health. This is from Ministry of Healing, page 127. If you don't, haven't read that book, read it. If you're a health minister, read it. It's truth, truth in that book. Okay, relevant back in the day, relevant today. Okay, it says hope. The only hope of better things is to educate of people in right principles. Let physicians teach people that healing power is not in drugs but in nature. And this is not anything quack against any pharmaceutical drugs or anything. But let me tell you something. When it says physician, I like to use the term let health ministers and let us. Let's educators teach people the truth that following good, sound health principles is part of the solution. Okay? Act 65 is basically a lifestyle challenge with a switch change to the eight laws of health presented in a very different, unique way. Okay? So bear with us. Let's check it out. We have two versions. We have our chosen versions we call the Green Body Pledge, but we're going to go over the adult version, which is Action 65. I'm going to go through it very quickly because we run out of time. Foundation. Okay. The way the program is designed is that each week there is an emphasis that you read. And it's to help you with this structure to reprogram the individual, reprogram your mind. Romans 12.1 
you know, one and two, it tells us that how we should, you know, you know, basically unplug and get our mind right and get our self-focus right back what's important. Okay, foundation, I say God is our foundation. We have all part of the big love story, okay? You cannot build any structure, any home, any temple without a proper foundation. Your life has nothing to do with yourself. Your life has everything to do with God. If he is not your foundation, you got problems, okay? The big love story involves every one of us. Where and how we plug into love story, only God knows. And he has shown each one of us a glimpse of that. Okay, God, you can slice God up anywhere you want, forward, backward, upside down, diagonal, and he's nothing but love. It just spews love. Okay, a little glimpse of God, you see love. A big piece of God, you see love. It equals hand in hand. Now, the world will tell you God is God of anger and whatever it is, and, and that's what they want to portray him. But when you really look deeper and really understand, your Heavenly Father loves you more. And see, you don't really, I mean, for those of us who don't have kids, you don't really grasp the concept of that love factor yet until you have a child. Because when you have a child, you get to understand there's nothing you would do to let harm come to that child. There's nothing you wouldn't do to protect that child. There's nothing you wouldn't do to make sure the child has any need. There's such a love you have for the child. But yet, our feeble mind could barely understand that concept of love, but we're, we're, we don't really have a glimpse to understand what God's love for us. You get me? For those who have kids, you understand. For those who don't have kids, you will. <laughs> the Lord bless you. God loves us so much that he sent his son to die for us. Now, and and it's sending them back as soon to come and take us home. The foundation component of the, of the program is a reminder for most of us, okay? But it's a reminder that's needed to get us our lives back into check. So many times we're doing so many things in this world that we are sometimes been the overflow of never negativity, overflow of junk from the world spills into our lives. And we're pulled and tagged along to trying to, to swim along through life. But what it comes down to, again, is dealing with the understanding that it's all about God. And that's the foundation. Okay, you were given this beautiful mansion, and you were told that this house is worth $1 million. It has the most pristine carpet. Carpet with, was imported. Every strand of that carpet was imported from Italy. And it's white carpet. At the doorbell, ding dong, the carpenter comes in. And he says, I'm here to fix your fireplace. And you notice that his feet are dirty. What was the first thing you would tell that man? But I just got the new house. You're going to take your shoes off. Because you understand the value of that carpet. You understand the value of this brand new house. But yet, it's hard for people to constantly understand the value of themselves. The price that was paid for themselves. And that's evidenced by the way we reward ourselves with poison. The Super Bowl's about to come up very soon. And what's going to happen with the victory it's going to do? Crack open a big bottle of champagne, smoke a big cigar, and maybe eat some cake. But we are humans. We like to reward ourselves with toxicity because we say we deserve it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to be legalistic or anything, but it's the mindset I want us to think about how we allow what was the most unique machine to ever exist, and we treat it like it's nothing. We do whatever we want to it. We mark it up anywhere we want to it. We take extreme risk with life because we don't grab the comprehend to understand that it's not ours. It was given to us. And when something's given to you, it wants to come back and say, hey, can I have it back? That's called stewardship. You are a steward of taking care of something that was given to you. You feel me? It's your responsibility to take care of the temple that God has given you. 
Now, so many times we will say that, you know what, if what happened if somebody threw a stone and threw a brick, or a stone or a brick and smashed out your church window? People would be upset, trying to figure out who vandalized their church. They want to hoot and holler and, and scream and holler. But yet, that's not the temple that Christ died for. That's just bricks. The temple is us. He lives in us. What type of environment would you allow your Christ to live in? Because we wouldn't live in a home with broken glass and a torn down roof. We'll call somebody to come and fix it. But you want us to live in an obesity, hypertension, can't walk 50 yards <gasps> type of temple. Okay. It's important for us to see what's our value. And it's more important for us to understand our individual ministry. Because when you know your ministry, you know your purpose. And you know your purpose, you understand that your life and your health is a tool for you to do your ministry. And that is the first thing on your mind. God, what you going to do for me? God, how are you going to use me today? It gives a different step in your walk. It helps you to wake up in the morning with, with, with a sense of, you know, I got something to do. And it's exciting to see what he's going to do through you today. But if that's not on your mind, you wake up thinking about, oh, I got this work project I got to work on. I got to take the kids here, and I got to do this, and I can't believe she called me, told me about her boyfriend. I told her to break up with that man a long time ago. Stress of life. Satan does nothing but hate you, and he used everything he and his power to keep you off mark, keep it distracted. And it's our job to keep our mind focused on the ministry and focus on that relationship. So if you don't have the right foundation, if you don't understand your ministry, you feeling me, people? Priority things falls into place. Next one we're going to come in line is, oh, yeah, one more. Stewardship doesn't just mean paying your tithe. Okay, let's move on. Prayer and meditation. How do we talk to our Heavenly Father? For those of you who, are, who have kids, I like to talk to my kids every day. Hey, what's going on? How you doing, Gabriel? I'm doing good. How's it going to school? Blah, 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 blah. I want to be there. I cannot imagine my son walking past me and not speaking to me. I can't imagine what God feels like to hear our voice talk about so many other things, but don't say his name. Don't call out to him. That has to hurt. As a parent, it hurts us. We long for our kids to talk. You know, I had to realize that I'm an adult now. Yeah, I just happened so overnight became an adult. And I have to remember to call my father. Because to my father, I'm still his little boy. And I, you know, I forget that at times. I have to remind myself to be more proactive and to remember he sees me the same way I see my little kid. And so his, my longing to be with my kids is the same he's longing to be with me. But the same that God longs to be with us. So it's important for us to communicate with our Heavenly Father, and it's also important for us to study His Word, because that gives us a complete understanding of His character. Now, you see, is changing the lifestyle, you know, the first three was foundation. Who's your Heavenly Father? The next one came is, who's your ministry? What is your ministry? What's your value? Where's, what's your purpose? Then third, prayer and meditation. So the first three phases, first phase of this program has nothing to do with changing the body. It's getting this right, getting you in line with the Heavenly Father so you understand what's going on around you. You understand what you're supposed to be doing. Because for those of you who ever ride a motorcycle, they teach you when you ride a motorcycle, if you make it a turn, you don't just turn the bike, you turn your head because the body follows. If your head's not going the right direction, your head's not allowing God to work through you, your body can't follow. You with me? When it's time for us to make decisions to say, I need to go and exercise, I need to do something, I should not eat this. If the value in your mind's not focused on the right or in line, habits will come into play. Addiction will come into play. The word discipline is not a bad word, it's a good word, okay? But without having that ability to train and practice to develop discipline, it needs our focus on the Lord to help us through. If we're making those difficult times and we're learning and pruning ourselves, that those discipline becomes habits. You with me? 
Okay, let's keep going. Oh yeah, soap opera, and that was this thing. We, it's basically, as even adults, when I was in the military, we used to run and, and don't let anybody fool you. Marines, all branches, military men, watch soap opera. It's like a common thing we did. It's the strangest thing. But when we could tell you what's going on in a soap opera, what's from, from this character to that character, okay? I know some of these guys are gonna be upset with me, but it's the truth. But, <laughs> but the funny thing is, are we able to be that way with our Heavenly Father? And not just military, just people. We spend a lot of times indulging things, and we could talk about things, and especially with the youth. They will tell you about the video games. They'll tell you about this character, tell you about that character. But can they have that same passion and excitement about Christ? That's what we should try to um, develop. Give that same amount of time, same amount of effort to him. Okay? All right. Nutrition. Let's talk nutrition. Yeah. All right. Clean meals. There's a new thing going on right now in the mainstream about clean meals. You know what I'm talking about, clean meals? And not just talking clean meals of, you know, clean meat, but actually clean meals, the concept of staying away from processed foods. Okay? I like to call it in my program single ingredient. And when you look at the label something, it says broccoli. Don't say broccoli, blank, 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 blank. Because with all the blank, blank stuff, that's chemicals, that's, you know, fillers, that things that throws off your body levels, okay? So we want to eat foods in a way, I like to tell everybody, the way God made it. Before man could put his hands on it. Because if man's manipulated, he's doing something to it. Why? Because it lines his pocket better. He adds stuff to it. He takes stuff out of it, so you'll buy it. Okay? Follow the dollar. Follow the dollar. And avoid the dollar. Okay. Here's one that I like. What goes into the mouth doesn't make you unclean. The Bible tells us what's in the heart that makes you unclean. Think about it. It's just a healthy way of eating. Okay? Because salvation is through Christ. And the Pharisees and Sadducees were saying how Christ was eating the wheat without washing his hands and do all the things. Our health message has so much to do with health. God loves us once to be and live and have more vitality of life and not to look at what somebody eats and condemn them. You feeling me? There's principles that because we eat certain things can be destructive to the body. Because you gotta understand, the man who created us also has the manual, okay? When you're driving your car and something's wrong in your car, an indicator light goes on, you don't understand what that means, what do you do? You go to the owner's manual to explain what's going on. Well, the owner of us has told us, don't eat this, don't eat that, that will mess up your system. When we are obedient and seek the advice of our Heavenly Father loves us, we have longevity, an extension, less pain, less discomfort. And that was in Matthew 15, 6 to 8 to 20. Okay. Sugar, people. One of the things I can help you to live longer, avoid sugar. Cut your sugar. Your body does not know how to process refined sugar. There's a big difference to sugar you find in fruit and the sugar you find that white powdery substance that they put in foods and they, you put on your, in your drinks and do your stuff. Big difference. Fruit has fiber, has water, and your body can process it. The refined doesn't. And so your body strips of water and it strips of the nutrients to try and process and it throws off your adrenal gland. Your adrenal gland goes into tissue and your whole body follows with that. Okay? If one thing you could do Cut your sugar. Because you got what they put in the restaurant foods, sugar, salt, and fat. Those three are killing our nation. And I guarantee you, if they have a lawsuit for tobacco, there should be a lawsuit for sugar. But I guarantee you, there will be a huge obstacle because the food industry wouldn't allow that. It wouldn't happen. Okay? But it's true. Okay? We have to make a decision in our lives and in our children's lives to cut, eliminate, and avoid sugar. It's destructive. Natural sh sweet stuff 
has the ability for our body to process. Even still, too much of that, it still can be destructive. Okay? Okay, if we can eat 51% of our meals coming from live food, we're going the right direction. Preferably more than 51%, but if we can have 51% of your plate live food, that's good. I mean food that's still floating around and bumping up and down. It's, I mean, it has the enzymes, has the probiotic, it has nourishment in it still. And, and, and some raw, but some could be slightly cooked and you can still have the nutrients still in there. It's just when you overcook your vegetables, there's nothing there. Like for your broccoli, you want to still some green, there's some crunch to it. And I even believe, I believe it's that you keep it under 118 degrees as you're cooking, it preserves the enzymes in the substance, in the vegetables, okay? Huh? Um, I mean, yeah, if you're going to have the steam effect, and you could use a steamer, because the water is going to pull and suck the nutrients out, especially the minerals. The community water can be more aggressive with it and pull the minerals out. A lot of times they, 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 they steam the broccoli and they pour all the nutrients out then when they pour it down the street, yeah. down the sink. Yeah. So, um, but if you could see your plate, 51% live food. Now, here's the thing live food. You got this megahertz of energy in our food. You take a piece of chocolate cake and you eat that chocolate cake. Mm, mm, that's good. Good chocolate cake. Finger mm. looking good. You're like this later. Thargic and broken down. You eat a big green salad, you eat that up, and you got energy. You ready to go? Because your body has to expel energy to break down that chocolate cake and then get anything back in exchange. When you break down that live food, it's getting but live stuff back. You feeling me? So it's a big difference how body responds to dead food to live food. Is meat dead food? Yeah. Is processed food dead food? Yeah. You know, so, but our society eats predominantly more dead food than live food. If we could get in the habit of eating more live food, we're winning, okay? All right, physical activity. Move more. That's it, I don't care what you do, just do something. Move more. Have fun. If you ain't having fun, something's wrong. If you know Jesus, you could be having fun. You could be having fun in prison. You could be having fun in a mud sub because you got Jesus, which gives us hope. You feeling me, people? Okay, get a buddy. It's easier to have someone to help keep you accountable because you like this little guilt factor. Oh, man, he's going to be there at 530. I feel like running today. Oh. If I don't go, he's going to call me all day laughing at me. I got to, you know, there's some accountability there. You know, and that's also when you're working out, someone gets to spot you to keep you safe, to walk on your, watch your form, and just social interaction. Spouses, exercise with your spouse. Some quiet time with your spouse. There's something about a family that exercise together and prays together. You like to put that in, you know? Yeah, like that. But there's something about that, you know? Some opportunities to work with one another. You care about one another. And there's just a chemical reaction that takes place when you exercise. And there's a bond that you can form together as you exercise with that person. It's just magical in a good way. Set goals. Set realistic goals. Don't try and go from somebody who doesn't exercise at all to somebody who's going to exercise seven days a week. Start off maybe one day a week. Then you start enjoying, you carved out that physical activity into your busy work schedule, and you start realizing, I like this. And now it becomes more of a priority. You start slicing out more time. And now because we're trying to make lifestyle changes, not some that short, quick fix. Short, quick fix only lasts for a period of time. And guess what happens? <laughs> You're back to your ways. But if you can twine it into your lifestyle before you now develop a whole new lifestyle and you're doing everything different in your life, set realistic goals, goals you can achieve. Because when you achieve your goal, everybody feels good when you reach that mark. It felt good when you walked across and you got your high school diploma. It felt good when you walked across and you got your college degree. Those are milestones. And it took time and it took hard work. Same is going to apply to your lifestyle. Set realistic goals. And when you achieve them, it's great. But here's the best part. Every little milestone, reward yourself. Get yourself a new audio book. Get yourself a new pair of 
jeans, get yourself something, reward yourself. So there's benchmarks and rewards. We like, our humans, we like to do stuff and get something. I'm sorry, but it's true, okay? So it's okay to reward yourself. Come on now, when you do a marathon, they don't tell you, hey, good job. They give you this nice big medal. Great job, you complete it. And it's, we, like, we like that. So you can do the exact same thing that, that keeps you moving forward, okay? Make time. You are a priority. We will say, hey, um, I gotta come into work a little late tomorrow. Why? I have a doctor's appointment. Well, I gotta take my kid to the doctor. I gotta leave work a little early. We give doctors so much priority in our daily schedule. We can have chaos going on. The doctor says, I can only fit you at four o'clock. Okay, I'll make it happen. But when it comes to taking care of ourselves, I don't have time to do it. I just can't do it. No, no, no. Make your schedule with you inside. Somebody says, I have an appointment. I, I can't make it at four o'clock. Well, I have an appointment. They don't ask you what's your appointment, really. They just say, I have an appointment. I can't make it. But it's our, the individual that says, uh, what you have is more important than what I have to do. No, what you have to do is important because you're taking care of God's temple. Which you're taking care of what God has given you, you're taking care of the ministry that God has for you, which is more important than your, unfortunately, than your job. Because when you take care of what God has given you, the sponsor God has given you, he'll take care of that job. You feeling me? Because at the end of the day, it comes down to three things. For those who are married, you are a husband or wife who has kids, you're a parent, and a child of God. When you allow things in your life to come before them, you're going to have problems. When you take care of the things that are priority that God has given you, trust in him to take care of everything else, because he will. He is not going to neglect you because you're taking care of the responsibility he's given you. Your body is so important. He tells us if we have found a way to give him one hour of physical activity a day, I want you to work up to one hour a day. He'll make the 23 hours better. It's not pain tithe, people. He'll make it better. But some of us can't make a whole hour. Start with 30 minutes, 20 minutes, 10 minutes. Because you're no longer doing it for yourself, you're doing it for him. I like to ask this question, people. So, is it okay to exercise on the Sabbath? That's a good answer. <laughs> I had this one, I had this individual, she said, oh no, it's not. And I said, well, what about going on a, on a Sabbath walk? We like to do that. She said, oh sure, I go on a Sabbath walk all the time. People don't understand the concept of what exercise is. When you exercise on Wednesday, so it glamorize yourself. You look good, got my six pack, feel my ass, feel my muscles, look at me, look at me. When it's about you, it doesn't matter what day it is, it's wrong. But when you exercise and take care of what God has given you, that's just stewardship, people. Temple maintenance. You feeling me? It's a mind thing. The world has infiltrated all of us, or a lot of us, to think it's all about you. That being physically active is all about the outward appearance. It has nothing to do with the outward appearance. Inside of you, there's a universe of tiny cells. And it's your responsibility to take care of that universe inside of you. Here's why. Your kidney cells are different than your heart cells. Your liver cells are different than your pancreas cells. And each one of those cells are birthed into existence, and some are dying at the rapid same rate. When you live in a destructive, you create a destructive life and a destructive temple, that new cell that just birthed to do its job is polluted and it's not gonna live long. When you have your destruction of cells are almost faster than a replication of cells, what happened? You're dying. You're responsible to create a healthy environment. So you think about that itty bitty tiny cell that's just birthed and ready to do its job. And it says, this is the greatest life I have. That's our job, to provide this healthy environment. I know, that's kind of very microscopic thinking. But hey, we got to think the responsibility that God has given us. And don't just think about the outward. Think about what's on the inside. 
Think about how the food you eat, how's that affecting the inside. Think about the things you drink, how's that affecting the inside? Because the inside is the tools you need to do the ministry that God's called you to do out there. All right, here's my favorite. Stop the excuses. We know that excuses, every excuses stink. We could digest and try to swallow ourselves and try to get someone else to but stop the excuses. We need to make time and do what we need to do because God has called us to do something. It's our responsibility. Okay, battery versus you. You know, if you are not being active, you're dying. Let me tell you that right now. You have a flashlight, you use it all day long, all day long, and guess what? The battery's gonna die. But with us, the more you sit, you die. The more you move, like your body recharges itself. Complete opposite. God created us to be active creatures. We must be active. Fads. It's one of my favorite. Fear doesn't come from God. Okay? Anxiety means you're nervous and you're worrying about tomorrow. Something you can't control. Depression, well, there's some chemical some people feel, and there is some this despair of life, okay? It's hard to praise God and be happy in the same breath. And be unhappy in the same breath. It's hard to praise God and be miserable in life. It comes down to that relationship between you and God is the true antidote for depression. Stress. Like the fads? F-A-T-S. These are obstacles that Satan puts in your way to derail you. These are obstacles we allow to come in our lives to get us all messed up. We might be going five steps in the right direction. These things occur in our life, and we're going completely the other direction. We're at a standstill. We're not moving at all. Stress, yes, it's a perceived, mentally perception of something. Because I could do, listen to something, do something. A gunshot would go off. One of us would be terrified. The other one will run towards it because that's how we've been programmed, conditioned. You with me? So if we have the ability to react different to different stressors, then we could learn and have the ability to respond where stress doesn't affect us in that way. Because I slice stress down to two things, time management and trust in God. Don't wait last minute to do a project. Don't wait last minute to leave your house if you know you got traffic for an hour and you're fighting traffic like, I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go. And there's always one person who's always in front of you who's driving slower than you. And you're trying to get around and trying to get around, road rage increases, you're getting all flustered, and, all, and guess what? You can't do nothing about it. But you can do is leave early. You can do is plan ahead. You can do Take time to dis make better choices. The trust in God component, if you cannot physically put your hands on something to make a change, let it go. Just let God. Because every time you try to mentally manipulate it, you're telling God with your actions, listen to me, I could do it better than you can. And if you can, keep it up. Okay, I guarantee you your body will break down. You have built-in stress points in your body, set points. You keep pushing, your body snaps. Cold sores, gray hair, wrinkles, those are all signs for some people for stress. Can't sleep at night, heart palpitations. Your body's telling you, hey, you're messing up. Stop, stop, stop. But you give it to God. Just a sense of peace, a sense of understanding. Let him just handle things. You with me? Think about it. Try it. Think about it. Two things. Time management and trust in God. If you can't manipulate, fix it, put your hands to control it, let God. And that's projects. That's homework. That's things that you are responsible to be a part of a team and your partner is not pulling his weight. Guess what? You can't put a gun to his head to make him do it. You go to jail. 
You can sit there and talk all you want. It can't. But you can get on your knees and let God work it. And if God wants it to have the way he wants it to have, it will. And you sit back and watch God does the thug fizzle. That's not how you work it. But when you're trying to get there and work it out yourself, guess what? It only affects you. You're going to mess up something. Just sit back and wait. And that what requires faith. We have to learn to flex our faith muscle so when things happen, deadlines, mortgage, car payments come up and things don't balance out, you already have the faith to know that God got your back. If he takes care of the birds and all the insects and all the things out there, he's going to take care of more for you. Let him. But if you don't have that faith and that trust in God, you're going to be totally stressed out. That is the secret. Time management, trust in God. So that's bad. Remember, these are things that Satan puts in your life or continue trying to tempt you to keep you off focus. And these things are destructive to the human body, destructive to your lifestyle. But if you notice, Jesus is the answer. Andrew Crouch wrote the great one of the best songs I love. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above, y'all can sing with me. Above him there's no other. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him there's no other. Jesus is the way. It's the truth, people. It's that simple. It's not like it's rocket science. It's just learning to turn off yourself and pick up the cross. That's it. Trusting God is the key. Okay, also how we eat and how we live also affects how we stress, and also how we heal ourselves. Okay, rest and balance. Continue on. Make time for family. Okay? Listen, without family, some of us wouldn't be here. Well, actually, you technically wouldn't be here without your mom and your daddy. <laughs> so, <laughs> you hold them something. <laughs> but family is so important. Make time. Like I said, the priority things in life. You know, you must put them first. And God will bless you for putting them first, okay? Make time to work. Yeah, God wants us to work. He says, six days so that I labor and work. Six. Some of us are lucky could do it in three and four. But six, it's okay, okay? We're created to work, we're created to do, because he wants us to be fit and ready for his ministry that he's given us. We, that requires work. And if you ain't used to working, you ain't going to have the ability to be out there stomping out the, the trail for Jesus. Can you be tired and lazy? Work is good, but you have to learn to structure the time for work. Ma'am? He says, seek and ye shall find, not sit and ye shall find. That's right. <laughs> Seeking means a lot of moving, a lot of action. A lot of action, yes. Make time for fellowship. So important to interact. It's so important to be close to one another. Fellowship gives us, it's like icing on top of the cake. Okay? It's sweet. Okay, make time for God. So important that we find time in our lives. And you can, for some people, it's driving in the car to work. Some people, it's, it's, alone time on their throne at their home, okay? I mean, whatever works for you between you and your God, between you and God, make time to fellowship with him. And then you find this balance, okay? Make time for yourself. You are important. There's value in yourself. And slicing time for yourself to read, a hobby, do something that can help you refocus and recharge. Okay, we know about sunlight, water, and air. This is a refresher for us, but 
it's amazing how before you move into an apartment or move into a new home, you make sure all your utilities are turned on, your cables turned off for some of us men. You know, we have all the essentials provided for us before we move in. But God did the exact same thing before he created man. All the essentials we needed for sunlight, water, and clean air was all provided for man was created. There is a synergy, a harmony we need with air, water, and sunlight. But of course, we all already know this, but it's so important for us to refresh ourselves and spend time in fresh air, spend time out in the sunlight, even for ourselves. Okay, here's my favorite, brother in love of the program. It says, how do you love your brother who you can see, but yet you say you love me, who you can't see. Half of the commandments deal with our interaction with one another. And it's so important that we learn to have um, so many experiences of life of sharing love with one another. It helps change us. You have problems in a relationship, that problem is going to affect your health. Example, a lady's having a fight with her husband. She comes to work in a very happy mood. She has a problem with her kid. Her and the kid was yelling and screaming at each other. She's coming to work in a very happy mood. A father who's, you know, had to scold his child. It, these, or you have a problem with a colleague at work. Interacting with one another affects us. It's a heavy heart on us. It breaks us down. So relationship with brothers and sisters is important. And God showed us that in the commandments. He wouldn't have made it a priority and put it there if it wasn't for our best interests. Something I created called the Action Love Challenge. For 48 hours, you interact so differently that causes you to really question how you love others. It's like, in a book, I explain a little bit more, but here, look at this. The last, imagine the last words your kids hear from you. We take life for granted. We think, ah, oh, tomorrow, all oh, this and that. And how many times somebody, we lost a friend or loved one, we said, I wish I had more time to tell them how I feel. I wish I had more time to interact with them. Do it now for this 48 hours. Slice time up and look at your friends. Pick them up the phone and call them. Make the effort to go outside your box. Tell your spouse how much you care about them. Make love to your spouse like it's the last time you can. How would you do it? The last words your kids hear from you is going to be, Johnny, I told you to come and pick me your shoes. Or you, the last words will be, Johnny, come with mommy. Listen, let mommy help you just put your shoes back together. How the last time somebody hears your voice, or the last time you hear somebody's voice, how would that experience be? So for the 48 hours, you treat your spouse, you treat your kids, you treat your friends, and you treat yourself in a loving way. Because in Corinthians, Paul tells us about love. That love, the human love we have, when somebody's mad at us, we push them away. He's talking about that love, when somebody's mad at you, you gravitate towards them. You put them closer. Brotherly love is so important for us to really digest and understand that when we experience love and share love, remember, God is what? Love. If we cannot give love, share, and experience love, but yet we say we know God, that's, that's a lie. It's a lie. Because the more we spend the presence of God, look, Moses was, came down from the mountain. He was radiant and glowing. He had the essence of God all over him. What essence of God we have on us? And that's evidence of how we treat other people. That's evidence of how the love we share with other people. If God is love, we spill out love. 57 of the commandments, like I said, has to do with relationship. And it says, the sign said, that love, thy neighbor thing, I meant it, God. That is cute. So recap, foundation, prayer and meditation, physical activity, rest and balance, stewardship, nutrition, fads, and air, water, sun. That is what Action 65 is about. It's a 65-day lifestyle challenge of helping us to understand and see things a little different, a little twist to it. 
We put an exercise program with it, put a meal recipe program with it. And so it takes a journey for 65 days of helping individuals to see a different ways of seeing their life, to seeing the health message, but seeing it at a totally unique way. It's a tool. So far, we have, well, it's been about a year now out, and the best comment I had with the program, an individual said, you know, my husband accepted Christ. And I spoke to the man, he said, you didn't know this, Cassio, but I went to a church, and I didn't get it. And I said, I'm not going back. He said, I read the book, I put down chewing tobacco, and I accepted Christ as my personal savior. He was chewing a can of tobacco a day. And he says, he got it. He got to understand his role, his position, and accept the Christ as his sovereign savior. Somehow it clicked for him. And that's our role of health ministers. You have to write a book. You have to do a DVD, have a TV show. It's connecting with Christ. And Christ does the work. It's our role to be there. We don't know how, why, or when, but we align ourselves with Christ. He'll put us in the right place, and he'll open the doors. He'll expand your ministry. He'll do all those things. So the opportunity for that message to be delivered to that person who's been waiting for it, who that harvest is ready for, that's what we're here for. Okay? So thank you. Appreciate any questions. I, I need to go. We're going to have to find some time because I need to go over the kids' version. This took a little longer. I was running my mouth. I'm sorry. But we'll give you time. We'll get, okay. We'll, I, we'll, when we come back after break, we'll go a little bit over the kids' version, which is the, I call the Green Body Pledge. And it's, it's watered down a little bit so they could digest it. But the concept is it's allow them to have something where they're holding hands up and taking a pledge and, and seeing the value of themselves and, and, and walk through it. Yes? You said something very important about sitting and moving. Um, some of us get the, uh, the American Association Retired Persons Newsletter. Oh, really? The headline in the last <laughs> sitting, the new smoking. Love it. Sitting, the new smoking. Love it. And, and the article was great because it really said that you have about the same effect of you sit all day as if you smoked a pack and a half. Wow. Sitting is the new smoking. A lot of us sit at work, yeah. working the computers, every, doing the stuff. Every hour, you know, just move, yeah. It does it adds up, people? It adds up. You know, we as health ministers must live it. Sorry, we must live it. Okay, because there's nothing worse than I have some peers who are trainers out there. People like, he's I want to train with him. They don't. They don't live it. Okay, there's nothing worse than we're trying to bring someone to Christ and we're not living that Christ-like character. Same with our health message, we must live it. And here's the thing, you can explain that you work in production like they are, okay? Because we all are working in progress, okay? Totally. But yet we still must, God has called us special and, and, and we must understand that as ministers, there's a higher expectation. Okay? All right, well, thank you very much. Let's go on break. This media was produced by Audioverse for the NAD Health Summit. If you would like to learn more about the NAD Health Summit, please visit www.nadhealthsummit.com. Or if you would like to listen to more free online sermons, please visit www.nadhealthsummit.com. Audioverse.org